Welcome to episode 7 of the Pro Wrestling Happenings Podcast. I am your host, Marcos Canales. Uh, Elimination Chamber 2019 is in the books, and I just wanted to share my quick reactions to the pay-per-view. And the way I'm going to do it, similar to like I do my quick thoughts, predictions, um, I'm going to kind of start at my least favorite match and then work myself up to the best part of the pay-per-view. And so... Uh, some just initial thoughts, though. I really thought that this pay-per-view was better than it had any right to be. I was going into it with minimal expectations. Um, like I mentioned in my predictions podcast, I'm not super familiar with Emil- Elimination Chamber as a gimmick or a pay-per-view. And it feels like it's just in that weird middle section between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. So I wasn't expecting too much out of this one. Um, I was still excited to watch it, but I didn't really think it was going to be all that impressive or all that important. And I do think some pretty cool stuff happened. And so I think at the end of the day, I was I was relatively happy with it. Uh, I think there were some definite low points, which I'll get to here in a second. Uh, but the high points really did uh, get me. So I think in the long run, I think it was probably pretty successful for the WWE. And so the the match I cared the least about was that no disqualification match with Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. And the reason why is just because I feel like we've seen that beat down hundreds of times on Raw for free. And the fact that I had to pay for it this time around just felt kind of stupid. And I think we all kind of had a feeling that Drew McIntyre and probably Bobby Lashley were going to get involved. But I just didn't see the point of Braun Strowman taking yet another beat down from these three guys. Maybe they're trying to set up something for WrestleMania between Strowman and Lashley or McIntyre or a six-man tag. Or Speaking of that, though, like these three guys have been pretty much bullying you know, other people around for almost over a year now. And no one comes to the aid of Braun Strowman. And I think that's probably the kernel of my issue with this whole feud is that it only seems like the faces care about one another when it benefits them or the story. Like, they're not really looking out for each other, whereas the heels have each other's backs. And I guess I just come from an old-school wrestling mentality where the good guys help each other. You know, I'm from the dudes with attitudes era where, you know, if Sting is getting beat up by the Four Horsemen, the Steiner brothers come out to save him. And you don't see that a lot on on WWE anymore. It's kind of annoying because... You would think the good guys would watch out for each other and have each other's backs, whereas they would outnumber the bad guys and run them off. But we just see the the faces get beat down week after week after week. And sometimes people come out, sometimes they don't. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It was not very interesting at all. So I definitely could not really care <laughs> anymore about this match. It was just It was just a waste of time. Um, so yeah, that was definitely the, the low light and the low point of the pay-per-view, in my opinion. Um, right above it, second to last position, I guess, which was a little bit of a surprise, but maybe not so much when you think about it, was the WWE Raw Women's Championship, where Ronda Rousey beat Ruby Riot. And the only reason why this wasn't in last place was the beatdown that Becky Lynch gave Charlotte and Ronda. 
and that saved it all. And I'll I'll give some credit to his Charlotte. Her, her I think she cut a promo before the match, which was okay. Um, but just the fact that Becky Lynch came in to save this match was the only reason why I bumped it up ahead of that no DQ match because I think the match in total is like a minute and a half, and I was really pissed off that Ruby Riot was done so wrong. You know, I just felt like there was... What was the point? <laughs> Much like the last match, what was the point? Just to show that Ronda is dominant, but they've been booking her like that for a while now. And like I talked about in my predictions episode, the legit wrestler who was putting her time and dues got squashed by this green celebrity who is the chosen one right now. or And just made it look made Ruby Riot look bad. And I don't see the... I mean, I see the short-term reasons. It shows that Ronda Rousey's still a badass, whatever, trying to build her up towards WrestleMania. But at what cost? At the expense of, you know, a real wrestler like Ruby Riot, who deserves to be taken seriously. You know, had this been like Lacey Evans, or you know, even to a lesser extent, maybe someone like I don't even want to say like Nikki Cross or Ember Moon because they're they're better than that too. Um, at least, at least give her, give her a match. And I was just so upset that they did that to Ruby Riot. So had Becky not come out, this would have definitely been the worst match on the whole card. Um, those last two matches were so bad that I actually have a match ranked higher than them. And this is a match that I didn't even watch. And that was the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, uh, where Buddy Murphy beat Akira Tozawa. And even though I didn't see it, I already know it was better than both of those matches. So uh, maybe I'll check it out later, uh, but I just didn't have time to tune into the pre-show. But my gut's probably accurate in thinking that this match was better than whatever Baron Corbin uh, and Drew uh, and um, Braun Strowman did or the whole squash match between uh, Ronda and Ruby. Um, next up, I have the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship where the Usos beat Shane and The Miz. And even though I wanted the Usos to win, I have to admit I was a little bit surprised that they did. Um, I kind of, I kind of felt like it was a good time for Miz and Shane to retain, just to kind of keep it going just a little bit longer. Uh, maybe that's because I'm not really invested in them feuding at WrestleMania. So if they had something good going, why not keep it, keep it burning for a little bit longer. Um, the cynic in me thinks like they put the belt on the Usos for the same reason they put the belt on the Revival, which is to keep them around instead of uh, giving them an opportunity to maybe go off to greener pastures like AEW. Uh, maybe that'll work, and maybe the Usos will stick around now that they're getting another championship run. Uh, but while I wanted the Usos to win, I don't know. This, this title change just feels a little bit premature. Um, a title change that doesn't feel premature, though, was the Intercontinental Championship win um, by Finn Balor. So he beat Leo Rush, which I think a lot of people saw coming, uh, to win the Intercontinental title. And I was just happy for Finn because he's finally got another chance to be a champion. And yes, it may not be the top prize, but I feel like the Intercontinental title has been the de facto top belt on Raw. And so if he has a chance to maybe get a little bit more exposure because of being the IC champion, then all power to him. And I, I have actually been interested, and I think I talked about it in the previous episode, 
everything that Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler did, and even to a lesser extent when Dean had it, you know, it, it felt like at least at least they were taking it seriously. And uh, maybe not Dean <laughs> in hindsight, but you know, without having Brock Lesnar there weekly, they needed something to for them to fight for, and I felt like the IC belt was a good filler. And if Finn takes it seriously and he's proud to be an IC champion, I think he can be a great IC champion. Um, I still think that they're probably going to prolong his program with um, Bobby Lashley since Bobby wasn't technically pinned. Um, I don't know if Leo Rush is still going to be in the equation after what Bobby did at the end of that match. I would like them to to make amends, of, even if it's reluctantly on Bobby's part, just because I do like them as a duo. And I definitely think... Leo needs to be there for Bobby since he's not super great on, on the microphone. Um, but we'll see. And, you know, maybe it's just one of those situations where Leo just tags along even though Bobby doesn't want him around. But I, I definitely want that partnership to, to last. But regardless, I'm, I'm happy that Finn Balor won. I think it was, a, it was an okay match overall. It was just another big guy beating up a small guy, and somehow he made a comeback. And I kind of wish they'd built up that comeback a little bit more. I really do wish that he'd beat Bobby Lashley to to actually become champion as opposed to having an out because I think it just further um, further solidifies in Vince McMahon's mind that small guys will never be able to beat big guys legitimately and I think that's a bunch of bullshit but he'll he'll think that way until he he dies I guess um, and again that's a big reason why I'm not as invested in WWE as I probably will be in something like AEW or another independent promotion. But, you know, uh, regardless, Finn won. He's the IC champion, and I'm happy for him. Um, next up, my, my second to favorite match was the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship in the Elimination Chamber, which was won by Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, the outcome was pretty predictable. I think most people wanted to see... Uh, Bailey and Sasha win, and so I think it was a, a gratifying end to that match, and I think it was a lot stronger than um, some people might have given it credit for. And I think that they all they all held their own. It was a, a pretty solid match from start to finish, in my opinion. I think that um, there were some pretty good spots. I was maybe hoping for a little bit more. I don't know if the chamber was utilized as much as it probably could have been, but. Uh, I was maybe just expecting a little bit more um, brutality in, in it all, but I think they did a pretty good job with what they were given. I really like the fact that they, for the most part, all look like tag teams. Uh, I liked how Fabulous Glow had their neon and how the Iconics were all in blue. I really liked Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and that, those black and gold outfits. They, for the first time, looked like a legitimate tag team. And... I was really happy that it came down to to those two and Sasha and and Bailey. Those were my top two going into the match, and I was a little bit hesitant since they both started uh, as one and two, and I thought it was easy for them to um, the creative side to write one of those teams out because of just the longevity of it all. But when it became when it came down to those four women, I was super pumped and I was really excited about about the outcome, even if it went another way. Even if Sonya and Mandy won, I think that still would have been uh, a good choice. But I think in the end, 
they made the right call, putting the belts on Bailey and Sasha. And hopefully they have a good run in them before they break them up just because everyone wants them to fight each other for some reason. Uh, but I think for a quote-unquote inaugural tag team championship match, uh, it was good. It was, it was solid, and that was a really entertaining match. And for the longest time, it was actually my top match. And that was until the WWE Championship match in the Elimination Chamber. Um, and admittedly, it started a little bit rough for me because I was a little bit surprised that Samoa Joe was the first one eliminated. And I remember tweeting out that he needs to leave WWE because he always feels like Samoa Joe is there to you know beat people up, but he always somehow gets eliminated or taken out early. And I was a little bit surprised by that. But... Eventually, everything turned around when Kofi went on his run, and it became a a one-on-one between Kofi and Daniel Bryan, and everyone was so pumped for that moment, and just seeing those two and Kofi getting his his time to shine again, you know, two times in you know less than a week, and I think he pulled it off. I mean, he just you could see that he was putting his heart and soul out there. Daniel Bryan was a great matchup for him, and you know. I, after that match, everyone was online saying it needs to be these two at WrestleMania. They need to face each other. Kofi needs to win. And I'll I'll have to be honest, I didn't necessarily think of a WrestleMania match between the two of them while I was watching it because when Daniel Bryan won, I was I think I was understandably upset. I really wanted Kofi to go over. I really wanted Kofi to win. And I remember thinking Again, Vince McMahon knows nothing about wrestling. The The fans have been telling him for almost a week that Kofi Kingston has got so much support that putting the belt on him would have been a great moment. And I thought that was just a moment they missed out on by having Daniel Bryan win and retain. But if, if by some miracle they end up with a WrestleMania match and Kofi wins at WrestleMania, then that'll be worth it. And that'll be great storytelling because they'll actually have a chance to build up to that match. Um, Fingers crossed that's what they're going to do. Hopefully Vince and Stephanie and Triple H and Shane and all the writers saw the reaction Kofi was getting. And they're going to make that happen. The reason why I'm hesitant though is because they've seen the same types of reactions for Becky and People have been very vocal of what they want. They want Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania, but that wasn't Vince's plan, and so we're going to get Charlotte shoehorned in there again, and that's what he wants. That's not what necessarily the most vocal fans are telling them, but they're going to push through with their original plan. And I'm pretty confident when I say that I don't think that (laughs) they had Kofi Kingston in a title match at WrestleMania in their plans. And if it wasn't in their plans, they're probably not going to budge. So I am very, very skeptical that they will actually make that happen. Hopefully in April, I'm eating my words. Um, I remember I was on Twitter and I saw uh, Jack the Jobber from Cultaholic tweet out about the possibility of Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, and Becky Lynch all becoming champions at WrestleMania. And if that would affect how important those three moments are if it all happens in one show and I, it clicked in my head I'm like that would be amazing that would be that would make all of this you know angst and drama and anger and frustration 
go away if we would see those three people with titles at the end of that night. And if it happens, I will bow down to Vince McMahon and admit that he is a genius. I just hope that's where he's going. And if he does, I'll be wrong and I'll I'll eat my words. But until then, until I see those three people win titles at WrestleMania, I I might not I might not be able to buy in. So yeah, those are my quick thoughts about uh, Elimination Chamber. Again, I thought they were it was a pretty good pay per view, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I do wish that Ruby Wright was given more respect, and maybe this is just a small step in that direction. Uh, but I'd also be happy if I never see Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman fight again. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. Um, but like like I said, all in all, good matches. Pretty good show, nice filler until WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, let me know how you felt about uh, Elimination Chamber. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at PW Happenings. And until then, take it easy, everybody. <laughs>